0: Hello everyone, welcome back to The Left Page. Hey, we're back once again, second time of the, no, the first time of the month, actually.
1: Yeah, we're, we're in March now, yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I haven't been keeping track of it. Oh, it's fine, time <laughs> is passing us all by. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, today, well, as always, I'm Frank, your historian looking for a job.
0: <laughs> and I'm Bruno, your uh, man of letters, that well, it will take some time to actually be able to find a job. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. Then today we're here to talk about something
1: that can make us all ill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it made me ill, at least a bit of it, but I'll get to it.
0: Yeah, I, I love how we, uh, I was talking to um, a mutual friend of us, Daphne, mm-hmm. uh, the other day about. How it's the first week in university and i and we chose to read this book, and it was just like the first day that I went to university and like that routine again and all those things, and then I read this book, and it's like this is a horrible choice like <laughs> what i what i'm I'm doing this to myself like i'm I'm already like destroying all of my like inspiration to actually go through this semester but it's all right because actually after it it, it, it's always a a a nice read this one i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) just to go out on the record i'm sorry Uh, but yeah,
1: it's the it's that sort of thing. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the lovely and horrible uh, <laughs> Czech writer, which was Franz Kafka. Yeah. For those of you who aren't aware of him, he was a writer from... was still Austrian-Hungarian Empire, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 It, it was a while ago. <laughs> Rough times. Rough times. He mostly wrote in German. It was the way he, he did it. And it is quite a peculiar sort of writing as you we hope to make you see as well. Yeah. It is something that Kafka described himself as feeling and he wasn't joking, feeling sick uh, on land, yeah. feeling seasick on land. Yeah. Uh which is a perfect way to describe all of his writings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we were talking earlier as well just like chiming in on this topic of his writing. It's really funny because It's such a clear and actually simple way of writing, but that's the beauty of it, in the sense that the writing in it, uh, like the act of of reading it, is not difficult, but the instant uh, feeling that you get from the text is dreadful so it's he he passed the message in a way that is so clear and the message is so filthy and so terrible that it's just like a piercing arrow through you it's it's really on on point i i should say
1: yeah absolutely and uh, today we're gonna pick one of uh, his most famous novels he also has plenty of short stories and other novels of which uh, at least one we i think we should talk about eventually but today we're going to be talking about the Metamorphosis. Yeah. Is that the most famous novel, is The Trial, which is somehow even worse, I think, than this. Because at least this is shorter. <laughs> that one is much longer and worse and horrible yeah, and never, brilliant.
0: I never read it and I shouldn't read it.
1: You should. You're going to feel horrible. Even worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but it's worth reading Kafka is an important experience. Yeah. Even if we are always in the well, to be honest, we're never going to be in a good place to read Kafka. Yeah. Even though we probably should. But today we're actually going to be talking about the Metamorphosis, which is a fairly short novel. Like the edition I have has like what ninety pages. Yeah. With fairly large a uh, font. Yeah. So we it, I read it like two days. Yeah. It, and, the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and okay, like we are fast readers and all that. We're used to it. But it's still
0: faster than usual yeah and and coming back to the, the just to make a bit of a remark mm-hmm. the the way that he writes is so clear that is you you're not stumbling on 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 pages and like uh oh I didn't understand that, and uh I need to reread it. It's just a flowy kind of reading, but the point is that is uh what makes it a bit harder to. I don't know read really, it in one sitting is the subject of, oh yeah,
1: like it's it's not yeah, you make a very good point, it's not a particularly difficult language, I don't yeah. feel, yeah, but it carries such weight and impact
0: that you can't help but like feel ill, yeah, literally. like, okay, enough of that, I need to I don't know watch backyard guns now to <laughs> to to feel a little bit. <laughs> I need to take a break and laugh as I contemplate
1: my mediocre existence. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Although that's mostly the trial. This is a bit, uh, inverted commas, lighter. Yeah. Uh, Not really, at no. all. Anyway, <laughs> what's the novel about? <laughs> In very simple terms, Gregor Samsa, the main character and narrator, pretty much, wakes up uh one day... And he's turned into a giant insect, <laughs> it's that insect, perhaps the closer image would be a sort of beetle, although he's mostly seen as a giant cockroach, yeah, uh, even if it's not explicitly said.: yeah, um, he even
0: talks like in the version that I read it's like vermin, like he, yeah, he, there he are star- a few he, different he, references. because uh, he he describes that as if it's almost like a cockroach, it's almost like a centipede. It has mm-hmm. this sort of, like, hard back, and then he has, like, a whole bunch of tiny legs that he doesn't know yeah. how to operate that well, and... Yeah, it's... Uh... It's gross. It's <laughs> gross and horrible. Yeah. So
1: he he wakes up as such, and, well, he doesn't want his family to find out, so he locks himself in his room. Yeah. And uh, then eventually when they do find out, they leave him locked there, and they try to feed and take care of him but uh well things don't go well he starts well losing more and more of his humanity until eventually he he perishes yeah uh, out of being uncared for disdained and just being plain old miserable living in his room yeah so that's the entirety of the novel yeah yay (laughs) there are plenty of things we are going to talk about Especially the ending, because, believe it or not, this is one of the lighter endings of uh, Kafka. Yeah. If the trial has an absolutely fucking grim ending, in a way that it was half expected, uh, this one is (laughs) much brighter. Yeah. Not really. (laughs) No we'll we'll talk about that. So, I think the first thing to talk about is one of the first things that happens (laughs) Because the thing is, Gregor Samsa wakes up, he's like, wait, something isn't right. Like, oh. oh. I'm, I'm a bug. <laughs> yeah, I'm a giant insect. <laughs> oh, what, what am I going to do? I need to get to work.
0: <laughs> and
1: just that is. That's sufficient for us to spend hours talking yeah, about this. Exactly. Because what is, what is really the point here? It's like, the man suffers something fantastical and bizarre, like. It's, it's straight out of a fairy tale. Yeah. Let's exactly. be honest. Like that, that's sort of, at least to me, that felt like the referential. Yeah. But, um, that's just what happens. There's no, and that's the whole thing of the, of the novel. It's like, it's got the modern feel in the sense of the modernity that which yeah. we were talking about in the poetry club. Uh, if it's not out, it should be out soon. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about Podalea, it's that sort of feeling. And it's just this, ah uh, sort of, there is nothing the disenchantment of the world yeah really like there's no magical solution there's no power of love no it's just the raw crude industrial modern world exactly which is absolute shit so he wakes up he's like oh i guess i'm a giant insect now Mm -hmm. how am i gonna get to work Because that's that's the limit of reality now.
0: Yeah. Uh, exactly. it doesn't
1: matter that he's transformed into an insect. He still needs to go to work yeah. because that's the world now. That's yeah. the only thing he can do.
0: And, yeah, and even taking into consideration that he's the only one in the house that works. Yeah. And that that creates a, a relation that we will talk about this deeply after. But the, that case of the sort of utility of a person that has an income inside of a family mm-hmm. and how the family uh, has, uh, and we see this to this day, person that earns more money inside the house is like more respected. Yeah, And if the money stops and then it just a kind of interest relation mm-hmm. where in general families, people tend to, create a bond that's based on how much money and how much things uh, their parents or the people that live with them can earn and yeah. and sort of divide and give to them. And so it's it's really uh, bizarre to, to watch both ends of the spectrum because mm-hmm. at one side we have a person that, <laughs> it's just so bizarre because it's not far from, it's, that's the whole point, uh, it comes. It seems to come out straight out from a, a fairy tale, but it's not that uh, away from our reality. Sometimes we <laughs> wake up feeling like shit, miserable in many different ways. You can be sick, you can be depressed, you can be in any way. And the first preoccupation of the morning is how the fuck I'm going to university, how the fuck I'm going to work like this. And yeah. we should not ask this question to ourselves. It should be how can how not even how it should be just oh I can do this today. I will be yeah. here, and I need to take care of myself.
1: Yeah, that's that's never like the first thing because
0: it's it's not the world we live in. That
1: that's exactly. the, what capitalism has done to us. Yeah, it has pushed this. This pain and this toil upon us all. Yeah. And what you were talking about the relations is quite precise because Gregor is the is the breadwinner. He's the provider for the entire family. Yeah. So when at, at first they're like, oh, what's going on? Are you alright? And then when they see him, <laughs> there, there's something really powerful and novel about the visual. Yeah. Uh, when they see him, they're like, oh, what? Ugh. Yeah. Because uh, progressively, Gregor is still able to communicate. But he loses the power of speech, yeah. uh, At least to be in any way able to establish a communication between the rest of the family or any other humans and him. So he becomes entirely isolated, and the family is like, "What's he doing? Like he's oh, he's not behaving. He's and then like the whole family has this sort of grudge against him, yeah, exactly. Because like he was the provider, and now he's nothing. He's just a, a burden to be carried, exactly. A burden that does nothing, that is nothing." And yet, but is still maybe our brother or our son that we need to take care of, yeah. uh, even if we hate him. No one, no one, no one, and it's worth remarking, and that is, I think, something that is very much present in the book. No one treats Gregor with any sign of compassion yeah. once they see what he is, has become. Yeah, They don't make any appeals to his real humanity or anything. Yeah, they just sort of scorn him,
0: and that goes to show as well uh, exactly how this organization, this archaic organization that is the traditional family, is just basically the bourgeoisie in in another uh, organization. It's just like as soon as the money stops, the bonds of family are not strong enough to keep this relation to keep the people loving each other inside of families like oh we don't have money anymore and it, it sort of goes like in a slow descent and it comes to the point where as we already said Gregory he dies and they are actually like uh sort of have a relief like oh we can go back to our to our living as a family and all of them uh earn jobs and they are mm-hmm. they have start and it's all based on money on this on the short story yeah. like the last bit like the last five pages they they say like oh now all, all of us three have jobs and we have a bright future in our hands because we have money and we don't have to deal with this bug anymore yeah and that's life that's that's beautiful and and then the the last scene is just even worse uh t- yeah. taking uh in consideration what happened they are in, the, in a sort of like train or public transportation and they look at the the sister or the, their uh, their daughter and they see, see like her jovial body and she's like on her feet stretching and they're like oh uh, she's so beautiful one uh well, one soon uh, uh a man will find her and uh, marry her and it, it's just like the continuation like yeah it's a, a hopeful
1: ending yeah but it is in the readers mind it's this starkly contrasted by gregor exactly like gregor it, the the thing about the novel is, Gregor did nothing. The thing happened to him. He suffered disdain and scorn, and then died. <laughs> the only, we as the readers are the only ones who feel any sort of compassion for exactly. Him. That's that's a really interesting thing because like, it is sort of to, because we also because we can read into Gregor's mind. We yeah. know what he's thinking. Yeah. So like, why is this happening to him? Why aren't they showing him any mercy? Any sort of I don't know care or compassion. No, yeah. it, it's very rough. There's that sense of utility which we are talking about, because since he wasn't, he didn't have any purpose anymore. He wasn't useful. Then why are they going to care about him really? Exactly. So they don't really bother much about feeding him, and they don't give him any hope, and they don't even like sort of consider maybe Gregor is still in there. No, we no. No, no, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no. There's no. It, it. It is really interesting because there's no hope for Gregory. That's the way the family puts it. But there's hope for themselves in the end. Yeah. It's like they collectively decide to no, no, he's he's gone, and no, we don't care. Yeah. That's basically the entire course of the novel, and it is. It's brutal, and I said that it made me physically sick the first chapter, <laughs> because it is absolutely rough the way that uh gregor slowly becomes less and less human because he's transformed into this because he can't communicate and because his family don't care yeah because they don't show him any love or care only disdain yeah and yeah it is difficult it is a difficult novel to get through because there's an absolute claustrophobia uh with gregor beside of his own isolation yeah. and it it really feels cruel, the way the family treats him. It's not a... For how short it is, as we were saying, it's not a simple or easy novel to read.
0: Yeah. At all. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, maybe we should just, like, go through, like, the episodes that are related to, basically, jobs, like, Mm -hmm. the, the relation with, in, in the start of the book, where his boss comes to his house, and then yeah. the, the, the scene of the, I don't know even the word in English, the inquilinos
1: Yeah, the tenants. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting, because Gregor was like a traveling salesman. Yeah. Which is sort of weird uh, a <laughs> profession to think about, yeah. but okay. And he wasn't even one of the great ones. Like, he was sort of median, average, sort of mediocre. Yeah. But... And okay, he was the provider, he was trying to help his family and all that. So his sister could go into, I think, music school or something. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. But when he transforms, like his boss comes to see him oh, why are you late? Why didn't you catch the train and all that? What has happened? Uh, you know, you need to get, get to work. Uh, we talked about this before. You know, just, that sort of thing. Just,
0: just imagine your boss in your living room, like... Being say, a dick. Saying all this shit, like... Whoa, just yeah. shut the fuck up, man. Yeah, your boss <laughs> being hit your yeah. boss. <laughs> Let me be an insect in peace. <laughs> That's a fantastic phrase.
1: <laughs> Let me be an insect in peace. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah... like. It's almost like you have no time to process. Exactly. You need to deal with this immediately. Yeah. You need to go to work. You need to fit into capitalism. Yeah, and, if you're and, not, and, then nobody cares. And and,
0: and even we're talking about it like this, like you need to do these things and and all. And that's exactly what Gregory tries to do, but he's just a fucking insect with all these legs. He tries to get on his feet and he can't. So it's even more torturing because he actually accepts and as all of we because we live in capitalism he accepts this faith and he just like okay i need to get out of this room right now because i need to talk to my boss and maybe show the situation that i'm in and he can talk straight he can explain what's happening and that's the whole point it's it's a double torture because he's trying to uh suppress this illness this reality that is uh, completely fucking up him and he can't even get out of the room and when he does so his his boss is like oh shit (laughs) like he he starts walking backwards and like okay you don't need to go to, to you don't need to go today i'm sorry bye and just runs away runs away and Even so, at this point, Gregory is still thinking, like, so how I'm going to pass through my door because I'm just a giant insect and I can't even get out of my room. Yeah. (laughs) So he's still thinking, even so, he's still thinking about leaving his room because in some mental way he thinks that he's going to his work and, and do his job in the day, which will not happen, and... Yeah, like, he ceases to be human.
1: Yeah, exactly. He ceases to be human, but he can't escape the logic of capitalism. (laughs) That's one of the points. Like, modernity is in that way evil and cruel that, oh, you're, for whatever reason, not new anymore? Who cares? (laughs) Go to work. Yeah. And, like, he pays the price for it. Yeah. That sort of thing. Like, since, since he's no longer a human on the outside since he can't go to work, since he can't make any money for the family, then he's nothing to them. It is almost as if like these uh, material relations between the family sort of show how, well, if you can't do this for us, then you're practically no longer part of the family. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of the thing, it's this relationship to its nth degree, and... In that way, we see how it decays and collapses into a point where Gregor, again, it, it's still worth remembering, he did nothing and yet is suffering. Absolutely. Like that, that, that happens with Kafka. Like, a person is suddenly in this situation for an unknown reason and yet they must deal with it. Or not, nah, because yeah. they don't. <laughs> Such is the case here. And. It it, it is very... It's a difficult novel because even if you don't exactly expect the way things are going and everything, you feel a decay in the air. You feel this sort of collapse. yeah As Gregor is sort of losing his humanity and trying to hold on. And his sort of death at the end is sort of a last human act. (laughs) It's really interesting. I was telling Bruno as well. I was reading... Uh, uh, an essay by Walter Benjamin by the sort of the commemoration of 10 years of Kafka's death and it's a it's a really difficult and complex essay uh, but it's really interesting there's one bit where he's talking about the animals in Kafka and he says it's like the animals seem to have more of Kafka's compassion or care yeah than the actual people yeah and at least in this case it's very much true yeah, yeah. because we sympathize with the cockroach yeah <laughs> sure a human who turned into a cockroach but a cockroach nevertheless yeah or a giant insect because the disc- the physical descriptions are physically gross yeah like i was actually sick <laughs> because the uh, they are it is very difficult and yet, you feel it all when you're reading it. If you do incorporate that position and that, that sort of stance, you feel Gregor's pain, you feel his isolation, you feel his inhumanity. Yeah. And yet, he tries to hold on, not to, well, anyone around him's care or, I don't know, compassion.
0: Yeah, and, and this, uh, think of it as being, this was published uh, a century ago, uh, <laughs> 105 years ago okay? yeah 1915 yeah so to us uh, it's like there are just gross moments like he tries to get out of the bed and falls and he says that the side of his insect body starts leaking and it's yeah, yeah it's it's just bad and it's bad for us, that I mean, I, I I tend to to joke even with my family and all people that we are just so used to seeing fucked up shit nowadays that reading something like poll or some, some things like that, there there are times that we don't get as much fear because we are just already fucked up. Yeah, we're desensitized <laughs> yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. But in this case, it's just it's just social and physical suffering and psychological suffering as well (laughs) oh absolutely
1: it's visceral like there's one occasion where he sort of because he sort of clambers and he can go onto the ceiling but he he's sort of like oh I, i think i want to move my furniture away but no maybe i don't want to because that will only make me less human yeah and sort of he sort of regrets it but his family still takes it away anyway. Yeah. And he's sort of like, Oh, what have I done? I'm I'm just like insect now. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still trying to hold on. Full insect mode. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's the hero of the story, if you can call him that of whatever story that might be. Yeah. There seems to be more sympathy towards him because we follow him, we follow his emotion, his, his journey, really, like, sort of surviving. He's not living anymore. He's yeah. only surviving, and it is, it's a miserable existence yeah. as an insect there. And I, I simply, I simply stand like,
0: yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: what are you going to say?
0: Yeah. What are you going to say? Exactly. And, and as you were talking about emotion, I just want to make a, a quick remark before I forget it. There's only one moment of like ease in the book, and as we were talking about, about uh, Walter Benjamin and all of this, I remembered the moment where he is hearing his sister playing the violin. Yeah. And it's so symbolic because we are we have all this compassion for him, but he doesn't like. Basically, he doesn't leave any moments of peace and, mm-hmm. and uh, like, joy, basically. And there's this one moment, which is also the moment where the... the yeah, uh, the
1: tenants are in the sort of flat or whatever. Yeah,
0: exactly. And he's just, like, his head out of the, <laughs> the room and, and trying to hear uh, his sister playing the violin. And it's just a beautiful scene, like, that little five minutes of (laughs) of ease for for gregory he's just hearing the the violin and being like and he even questions himself like i'm an insect but uh, this music is touching me so i think i'm not all gone i think i i still have some of humanity inside of me and (laughs) and it's possible to have a sort of hope and that then it's double symbolical because then at this exact moment where he's he begins to have any hope for his humanity back the landowners uh see his head and all stops and the dad is like no 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 don't don't look at that and and they sort of like stumble on him and like what the fuck is that like what is this giant thing living here <laughs> yeah because he sort of connecting
1: to the music and to his sister, which is something he always loves her playing the violin. So in a sense it's almost like a hopeful moment for him. Yeah. But it's like in the worst way possible. It's like the final name on the coffin because then like the tenants leave or they're leaving and then like Gregor retreats back or he sort of kicks back away and then he sort of because he's malnourished, he's weak, he's still injured in a way from from like the very beginning and then he sort of passes away yeah and hold on (laughs) it's a difficult thing to sort of work out with because it it makes you sick yeah it really does yeah be it from like the physical aspect or the social relationships involved yeah it's difficult and but the family's like oh he's dead now Mm, fine (laughs) fine they don't like Overly celebrated, they seem to show like they're gonna show some remorse or something, but they don't. Yeah, and so like they sort of walk out and in, uh, in like the tram. And uh, what Bruno was uh, talking about, uh, the, like sort of the final paragraph is some goes something like this. And almost as a confirmation of their new wishes and good intentions, by arriving at the destiny of the of their walk, the daughter stood up first, stretching her young body. It's because uh, it's uh, the thing I was saying about it being a light or shiny ending is that there's hope for the family and their ho- there's hope for them and their jobs and what they're going to do in the rest of their lives. Yeah. But the price there for that was Gregor's life. Yeah, exactly. And an absolute lack of compassion. Like you don't feel joy for them
0: because they were cruel and heartless yeah and vicious really yeah and, and even the the name like i mean it's the metamorphosis of Gregory, but it's the metamorphosis of a family yeah that just like that that sort of relation with work it just transitions from one person in the in the family to three and the price of this transformation and of this sort of the maintenance of this life and of this job life is actually taking the life of their son. Mm-hmm. But the, even so, when they seem like to constate that they have jobs and they have a bright economical future because of their jobs, it's like, oh, but it's everything is all right. Like, I mean, he, it wasn't Gregory anymore. Uh, it, and if it was, I mean, he would be crazy to be uh, um, making us do all these things for him and and sort of like treating and taking care of him. So it, it's it's better that he's gone now. And I I, I was talking to Frank earlier as, as well, like how I cannot read this book and cannot read this ex- exactly this these lines without thinking about my own life, uh, own episode of my life, where my grandfather actually had uh, Alzheimer's disease, and basically is that exactly, exact same narrative of, oh, but he's just another person right now, because he he doesn't have a relation with his memory anymore, so he's just not the same thing, he transformed into this new this new person that is not your grandfather anymore and then when he finally died after like two or three years of slowly having even less and less memory the this exact same narrative like oh but it's better that he's gone now because Uh, he's not suffering anymore and it wasn't even him anymore and it's just it it, it, at the time it it was sort of like i could digest this this thoughts and think oh yeah he was old and and whatnot and it it wasn't curable so like what can we do but then reading this book it's (laughs) like why why would we treat things like that like why would we have a relation with our family is like that, like, it's just a sort of, like, I don't give a shit way of thinking about it. It's the things we tell ourselves, really. Exactly. exactly. The sort of,
1: we're trying less to, we're trying to feel okay about the situation. Exactly. And, yeah, it, it, there's, I think regularly there's less of an easy answer. Yeah. Uh, Which also brings us back to think, like, so how right or how wrong is the family? I think I think it definitely you you definitely throw a wrench into that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But I still condemn them regardless. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because But that that's like the whole point we are here sitting talking about a book that uh basically shows in every single aspect how we are diseased with uh, jobs and our relations <laughs> with our patrons like our relations with the people that are our bosses and even so we don't change because we can't change and we need like this ginormical force to do a, a thing that would change this status quo and and that's the same thing like as we go into that logic that we know that is fucked up we actually analyze the logic of the family that is fucked up, but we live this in our families as well, yeah, so <laughs> yeah,
1: the fucked up logic of mod- of post industrial late industrial capitalism yeah uh is fucked up, yeah, exactly. even worse than th- this picture we see in the early twentieth century if we yeah. think about it, and it's just this further decay and collapse and like supreme utilitarianism between people in the household yeah exactly it sort of boils down further and further to the point where like relations collapse there is no way out of this system from from trying to fix it yeah i guess that's the point like capitalism can't be fixed yeah it was broken or rather in its perfect working (laughs) if there ever was such a thing it is even more fundamentally broken than expected yeah neoliberalism and imperialism and I'm, I'm agreeing with lenin that imperialism uh, is the ultimate stage of capitalism because yeah. i think that makes plenty of sense
0: yeah
1: uh is even more fucked up than all the rest yeah it further devolves social relationships to the point where there's an absolute it's the absolute necessity of money of making money of these of the market relationship between human beings, yeah, all the rest is meaningless, pointless, it's useless, and that, other than being a fucked up way to treat a human being <laughs> by completely dehumanizing them, yeah, uh something that Bruno was actually talking about is that <laughs> in this society, Gregor dehumanizes further, not only because he's turned into an insect but because he no longer has a job, yeah. And while I wouldn't agree with that, like, ontologically, I definitely think that's the thing that exists in our society. Yeah. If we don't have this structure, we are led to believe that we don't matter. We're led to believe that all we need is a job and that will, along with fulfilling our needs, our monetary needs, that will give us purpose in our lives. But a job is not a fucking purpose. Yeah. The purpose we give our lives must be something beyond any job, beyond any monetary interest.
0: Exactly.
1: It's something that if there can be such a thing as a purpose or a meaning to a life, it is something up to us to decide and to call, no, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I want to be a historian. I want to be a teacher. I want to teach, I want to study our history, yeah, and that's not gonna be up to any fucking job, yeah, that's not gonna be up to any profession really It's gonna be something that I am going to figure out by myself, yeah, and it's not something that i'm gonna like let capitalists say for me at the end of the day the the lie the one this is one of the many lies that capitalism tells us that our jobs are what give us purpose, our give us reason and <laughs> well to give a prime example if it's not too much I don't think Brett, Brett has come out said this before Revlift for Brett is sort of his job inverted commas mm-hmm. without being a job yeah it is something that he has chosen and that luckily he has been able to do without like being drained away by a sort of official job yeah uh but it's a meaning it's a purpose yeah and he he doesn't do the podcast only like let's be honest and he said this multiple times He struggles he organizes but it is the way i'm getting this example uh of red other than the fact that he's an inspiration
0: yeah
1: (laughs) is the way that like the purpose that he has created in his life of doing Rev Left, of joining, being a part of the struggle, of raising a family. It's, not, it's something that he has struggled inside of capitalism, beside it. Yeah. It's something that he is seeking meaning, apart from this logic of the markets, of the exploitation. It is something that it has to be developed. Yeah. And although this may be a bit of an extrapolation with the metamorphosis, <laughs> I think it makes plenty of sense to consider that, like... We need to figure out ways to create purposes in our lives. Yeah. Even if they're simple as like, oh, I I want to be friends with this person. Yeah. I want to be with them. I want to share moments with them. And that's enough. Yeah. Honestly, I, th- I think that can be enough. Yeah. Uh, of course, we, we, we grow, we learn, we develop other things we want to do. But it's not up to the market or to capitalism to tell us what our lives are. What our lives must or can be. No, our lives are something beyond the growth and
0: scope of capitalism. Exactly. I I think we should be more concerned of thinking of how we could even be as happy being an insect (laughs) in that case (laughs) than being like paranoid about, oh shit, I need to go to work even if I'm an insect. Like, uh, I think that's the whole point. Uh, I was talking with a friend today as well, like uh, thinking about life in general and like we are born then we go to school at uh, at our case like five I don't no know. no uh, <laughs> i think two two to three yeah like uh, yeah and then we stay in school in our case me and frank we left school and in this like imagine we left school at like november December we do the test for 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 university we are approved and then in like March or even before we are already at at university yeah and then it's five years of university and then it's maybe more like three years of two years of masters and masters, doctors exactly and and, and like. Uh, I I was thinking like when I finish my my degree I was thinking like oh well, maybe I should take a year off like go to Canada or France get a, uh try to have a real organic uh relation with trying to learn better French that is one of my th- things that I strive in, in in my life right now and at, at the exact moment that I thought about doing like what i wanted for a whole year <laughs> the the sort of automatic uh, automatic uh wired in sense of dread like you you'll be one year without like working a regular job and without studying <laughs> in an in an institution like and and then i already felt like how uh, people will react in general like Ah, but you're doing that to do a masters or you're going to you're ready for a job and I will be like, No, I'm just going there to like work in anything that that uh, sort of happens to be there and try to experience something different in my <laughs> life and I know that ninety nine point nine of people will look at it in the first moment like Oh so you just want to have a one year vacation. Yeah, you're
1: going to get some serious backlash for yeah.
0: that. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the the way that we uh, it's even if you have the balls to uh like sort of deconstruct that sort of, that sense of being feeling ashamed of taking off a year or half a year, semester, I, I don't know, even so when you have all this do- job to do this then the people that are uh, near to you will recall it and say oh but you're taking a year off are you crazy yeah like <laughs> you
1: need to be constantly focusing on your career yeah you can't like oh take a semester or a year off just like sort of with them like a job trying to do something else that you want yeah not like focusing on your career so to speak exactly. which i think is what you're saying yeah and because no you, you need to constantly be working Ugh. on this, and I, f- I feel this pressure. Yeah. a lot. yeah. And it's, gen- it's the, sort of the whole thing. capitalism will never and does not let us take our t- own time for things. Yeah. Like to get a pre- a couple of raw examples. Education. the time of learning is different from different people. Yeah. It's not something fixed that it's exactly the same for everyone. It just isn't. Yeah. No matter what what we say or do, like people learn the same thing in different times and in different at different paces and rhythms. Yeah. So when we think about it that way, the entire education system that we have for most of the world is sort of broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another pretty prime example is sort of and that there's a beautiful Re- Left episode about that about grief, like the time of of grief. It's not the time of capitalism, yeah, there can be no no way to deal with grief under capitalism. You sort of need to try and break or, or or strain the relations to sort of like process it, yeah, due to the raw emotion and power and difficulty of dealing with it, yeah, and yet like no we we need to get back to work,
0: yeah, exactly, we need to
1: sort of sustain be, ourselves so like
0: officializing a sort of capital, capitalistical way of like. Oh yeah, you can have one week of like you can have two days of grief and then get yeah, back to work, so, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? Right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. That's yeah. that's
1: the point. Like we're not allowed to learn at our terms, rhythms. We're not allowed to grieve. We're to not reflect. allowed to live, yeah. think, or die. Yeah. Uh, it's that's that's okay. Yeah. And uh, I guess what what have we learned today? <laughs> we have learned how. <laughs> how so overpowering is the need to work under capitalism, yeah. to work in this demeaning and degrading way. Work, labor, is not meaningless, it's not degrading. But work under capitalism, under bosses, and under such scrutiny and exploitation, that kills us Yeah, all, literally. Yeah, And for us to find any sort of hope and light, really, we need to find different ways it it is imperative to break all of this yeah and so even if in our lives someone undergoes such a metamorphosis they're not left for dead because they lost their use yeah
0: yeah 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 any Uh, any final regard i think guys take it easier on yourselves be happy
1: yeah like (laughs) self-care as a political act is a real thing exactly. exactly it is, and of course, I'm saying this as a white man yeah, but it it's it's still yeah. a thing, like the logic of capitalism is overbearing yeah it it really, really is, so like try to push these limits to your own existence to your own well being yeah, because <laughs> it the worst, uh, in under the worst perspective, if we're all going to die under capitalism, which I hope we won't, yeah. uh, uh, let's at least try to not make it an absolute hell all the time. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, a slightly shorter episode, but I I just don't want to sort of strain the episode yeah, the discussion. Yeah, I, I think uh, as if as we're the book, exhausted and yeah, uh, what
0: we wanted to say. Exactly. I think as the book, it was a denser episode yeah art dancer episode yeah
1: yeah uh i think I think it was a good episode yeah all, all the while yeah, so oh. <laughs> th- thanks for listening everyone yeah, thank uh, you. if you can, please support us on patreon uh we're catching up with our content, and yeah. the reading corners are going regularly, yeah, I have one plan for March and some other stuff I will put there as well, so be on the lookout for that too uh yeah. if you if you're interested and if you can. Uh, please check us out on patreon.com forward slash left page. Yeah. Other than that, we're on Twitter with uh constant presence, <laughs> always sharing interesting things and our fellow podcasters, yeah. because they rock, of course. <laughs> so please follow us on there if you, if you like, and if you're on there, uh, at leftpagepod. Uh, other than that, we are working on a couple of interesting things. There are a couple of collabs which we're considering or sort of figuring out scheduling and all that uh, for later in the semester and the next semester for sure. And we have some really interesting books and works for this semester still. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that too. In any case, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to us, doing and working on this show. It really is a purpose. Yeah, exactly.
0: For sure. That's the whole point. Yeah, I I was talking uh, just a a little... uh, (laughs) last remark like I was talking to uh, a friend today of how uh, university tried to create sort of this rhythm of reading in my life that was really like not according to the way that I live my life because there are days that I absolutely don't want to read anything and there are days that I pass the whole afternoon reading and this show actually made it possible for me to have a real nice relation with reading with talking about literature because it's a way like oh so i'm going to talk about literature with a a dear friend it's it will be awesome and i have this time to read it so it's it's easier to deal with it and it's out of this sort of paranoia of work and and like bosses and and money and it, it, it's just uh, as you said it's a thing of purpose so thank you really really much for being for listening basically J- just for listening is already enough like it's what we need
1: yeah, yeah yeah like it as we always say like if you can support us on patreon great we love it yeah but if you're listening that's we love point. you too yeah, thank exactly. you exactly. It, it means a lot to us yeah it really does so so yeah thank you thank you thank you so much for listening until the next one I wish I was special You're so fucking special special I wish I was special
0: but I'm a